Yo, welcome back to Being Rich. I'm your host, Rich Bustos. I haven't done a podcast in a quick minute, but I'm excited to share with you a podcast I was on called The Chow Codes Podcast by Justin Chow. Justin Chow is a self-taught developer documenting his journey every day on landing a career in this space. In this space, I mean software engineering. I was on his podcast about a week ago and this whole audio was ripped straight from his podcast. So go check it out. I really appreciate him for having me on. We got to talk about our journey as a developer, our side hobbies, and we even got to talk a little bit about finance, which was cool. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Peace. Yo, what's going on, everybody? We got episode number three, technically, um, on the Chow Coach podcast now. Okay, again, let me just reiterate this. This is now the third time I've changed the name, but... This is it. This is the last time that I'm changing it. It's going to stay to this. Um, but today I'm bringing on someone who I literally just met maybe like a couple weeks ago. Um, I think, yeah. what, Rich, you found me on a YouTube, on one of my YouTube videos? No, actually, I think I saw it on Krishan's. So I was like, oh, um, actually, no. So my friend sent me uh, one of his videos. I forgot which video. And I kind of seen him in the past. And then I saw your guys' podcast. And I listened to it. And I was like, Yo, man, we have very similar backgrounds, and that's <laughs> when I reached out to you on uh, Instagram. How did you How did you figure out I worked at Central? By the way, um, I, dude, I I'm on the computer all the time, so I think I looked you up on LinkedIn. And oh, then I'm gotcha. like, oh, this dude's from Central Computers. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, I worked yeah. there in 2013. Yeah, so all I'm right, like, oh, so- I gotta reach out to this guy. <laughs> I love it, dude. So yeah, I met this guy commented on my YouTube video. I forget which one, but then I reached out to him on Instagram because I saw he followed me. Um, and then we kind of just chatted it up. So Rich, uh, last name is Bustos. Is that Bustos. how you say it? Yep. Yep. Bustos. Um, so we chatted it up. We both have very similar backgrounds, except um, he, he made it as a software dev, um, especially early on, right? At 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was only 20 years old when I, when I became a software engineer. Yeah, Jesus. All right. Um, but we both have similar backgrounds. It's kind of crazy how similar it is. Um, we both worked mm-hmm. at the same store um, early on in our careers. I worked at uh, we well, different locations, same store. Um, mm-hmm. Then after that, we both went into IT support, right? You we went yep. into IT. Um, I went into IT. Um, and then he went on to become a software dev at LinkedIn at the age of 20, which is actually crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about that. So yep. what was let's go back to Central because I'm curious mm-hmm. to know what the thought process was and to see if it was similar to mine. So what yeah. made you go to work at Central Computers in the first yeah, place? Yeah, so to be honest, I'm gonna even go before that. Like so okay. like, dude, high school, I was I didn't know much tech. Um, I knew how to use a computer, but I wasn't even tech savvy with a computer. Um, it wasn't until after high school. I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. I actually wanted to get into the Air Force. Um, didn't get into the Air Force because I had asthma. So I like it. My world kind of just flipped upside down. So I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do. I had an uncle who worked in IT and he kind of told me like, you know, the, you know, you, this is a pretty, uh, cool path to get into. You get to work with computers. It pays well. So I was going to 
community college. I was going to Skyline Community College to learn um, IT. And I was kind of trying to look for my first step into like that world. And I saw a listing on uh, Central Computers. Um, I wasn't really into gaming, but when I walked into the store, it had like all these cool like graphic cards and all these, you know, peripherals. And, you know, even when I applied, I still wasn't very um, techie. So um, I decided to just, you know, shoot my shot. Um, luckily, you know, the people liked me over there and I, that's how it all started. I just started working at Central Computers. Um, I was there for only six months. Um, some people that came into the store were asking me all these like crazy questions, which I didn't really know how to answer. So I decided to quit after six months. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but did you, you didn't make any like connections or anything like that through Central, no. right? No. Okay. So um, if we talk about, you know, how I got into software engineering, it's, I mean, that's even a crazier story. Dude, so, I listen. Know, yeah, we got to get into that. That's a crazy yeah. story. So <laughs> at, like, as you know, after high school, wasn't techie. Um, even when I was working at Central Computer, still wasn't techie. Um, after that, I continued to go to school. I was doing my GEs at Skyline Community College. Um, I was also, after I uh, worked at Central Computers, I found another job. I worked at Radio Shack. And that's currently not on my LinkedIn profile because, like, why would I put Radio Shack on my LinkedIn profile? <laughs> but so after Central Computers, I worked at uh, Radio Shack. And on my way to work, I heard um, this ad on the radio and um there was a program called Year Up. And I'm, have you heard of Year Up? So I haven't heard of Year Up until I listened to a podcast that you were on and I looked it oh, up okay. and it looked, it looked pretty interesting, but I still don't yeah. have a full grasp of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I could definitely talk about that as well. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, so I think I was 18 at the time, um, heard this ad about Year Up and one of the catchphrases was, you will, you'll go to school and we'll pay you. And I thought it was one of the scammiest things that Wait, I've year ever up heard. pays you? Yeah, year up pays you to go to school. Okay. And I, could, I yeah, yeah. So it was it's a uh, and I'll get into it. So year up, if anybody's wondering, go to yearup.org. So what it is is a um, a vocational school. Uh, it's nonprofit. And what they do is for one whole year, the first six months, they teach you about IT. And the following six months, they put you into an internship. And this program is for underconnected youths. So as I mentioned, like, you know, after high school, I didn't really know what I was doing. And even during high school, I was like maybe a C average person. And, um, you know, like I, I just downloaded my transcript like a year ago and I was just looking at my grades. It was, it was so bad. And the reason why I even passed high school was because I wrestled and in order to be eligible, you need to have like a 2.0. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I, you know, I actually passed and graduated high school. But um, essentially, I went to orientation at Europe and um, they showed like a montage of video where, um, you know, past students of the Europe program, they interned at Google, Facebook, you know, they had all these free foods. And I was like, oh my goodness, I need to work in tech. So I tried my very best to get into the program. And the program is pretty rigorous. I mean, not even getting into, uh, sorry, not the program itself, but getting into the program was pretty rigorous. I like, I had six interviews. Jesus. Um, yeah, uh, like I mentioned, it's uh, it's for underconnected youth. So it's 
the way to get in is, you know, your family, your household income needs to not reach a certain amount. You need to not have a college degree. Um, you need to, it kind of push, pushes you to the direction where you want to go. So um, ultimately, I was chosen out of, I think, like 700 people to get into this program. Um, I got into the program the first six months. They taught me IT support. Um, you know, I wasn't I, like... It, Working at retail selling computer parts, I thought it was difficult, but learning how to like fix computers was was even harder. So yeah. uh, the first six months, they taught us how to do IT support. So you know, changing RAMs, mm -hmm. um, uh, troubleshooting. So the goal of the program is the first six months they teach you IT support, and then the following six months they put you in into an internship at these like big companies. So fellow um, colleagues of mine went to Google, went to Facebook, went to all these other other companies. So luckily I got chosen to intern at LinkedIn. And at LinkedIn, I was a help desk support. So what I did was um, I helped employees, you know, fix their computers. Um, if they had like issues with their, you know, laptops or their, um, company owned devices, I would help, you know, troubleshoot them. And mm -hmm. I was there for about six months. Um, but towards the beginning of my internship at LinkedIn, I actually met a web developer named Flo. And um, I, as I was helping her, you know, fix her computer, I noticed that, you know, she had a code editor open and I kind of, you know, picked her brains like, oh, what are you doing? And she told me that um, she was an engineer, but focused on front end. And um, I thought that was really, really intriguing. You know, I saw these, you know, bunch of, you know, numbers and letters. And she told me like, yeah, if you do this, if you do that, it it becomes this web page. And I thought that was super cool. <laughs> and so I told her I was in this Europe program. And um, I told her that I was only going to be here for about six months. Uh, would you be able to teach me this? And she like, I don't know her her thought process but she was really excited to have this you know young kid uh be under her like wing and kind of learn web development mm -hmm. so this is maybe like two months into my internship so from like i mentioned uh the whole internship was six months so for that four months of internship i was kind of known of you know this kid from europe who's learning how to code and it got so big that the director of web development heard about me and he sent me an email saying hey you know i heard you're this kid who uh is from the europe program and you know you're taking extra time after your internship to learn about web development why don't you just come in for a chat so i spoke to the director of web development and i kind of told him like my my uh story how i'm you know from this europe program and uh, I guess he really liked my demeanor, I guess, especially mm -hmm. since I was putting in extra work of my uh, internship plus learning web development. So he actually told me, like, why don't, why don't you just come in for an interview? It'll be super laid back. Just, you know, I'm going to have one of my direct reports just, you know, talk to you and we could, let's ask you some questions. So at this time, like when I was learning web development, I only really knew HTML and CSS. 
Um, I learned a little bit of JavaScript, but like JavaScript was just like way over my head, dude. Like <laughs> I, even till this day, you know, I've been an engineer for about seven years, like all the new stuff that's coming out. I, you know, I still have to take time to really understand it. But so I went in and spoke to his direct reports and, um, they kind of gave me like a mini interview. Um, mm-hmm. and like, I always tell this story cause it's so crazy. So, um, <laughs> one of the managers asked me, I want you to uh, create your own ad class function. And I, dude, I did not know what that meant. So I literally, <laughs> I wrote out an HTML element and put class equals and then the class, like a class <laughs> name. I literally did that. And then, so I, in my head, I thought like, oh yeah, dude, so this is super easy. You know, I got this. And then he told me, no, 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 I need you to write JavaScript. So um, at the time when jQuery was really big, uh, LinkedIn was using jQuery. It's, um, you know, like the the whole Mm -hmm. ad class method so he basically wanted me to create my own function of ad class and i was like you know to be honest i i don't really know javascript Uh, i really only know html css but what i said was you know if you give me a week or a couple days after this you know meeting i'll go ahead and you know figure it out and um i left the that interview and i gave him an answer through email like maybe two days later um, didn't hear back from the director of web, web development, didn't hear back from that manager, uh, until two weeks later. Um, two weeks after that, I got an email from the director of web development and he said something along the lines like, Hey, I know you're interning for this, um, you know, it position. Um, I know that. So at the time during my internship, I actually had a job offer in the it department at LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but he said, you know, like, we know that you're still fairly new and you didn't do so well in the, in the interview, but we really like you and we see a lot of potential in you and we want to offer you a full-time position as a web developer. Dude, that's that's kind of like, yeah. And that's kind of how it started. Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And I, I've been an engineer for, for about seven, seven years now. Um, yeah, just super, super crazy. And, uh, I, you know, I actually jumped, I left LinkedIn last year. I did a startup, uh, called keep trucking located in San Francisco mm-hmm. and, um, currently back at LinkedIn. Um, so you but, hit a little boomerang. Yeah. Yeah. I was a boomerang. Yeah. You know, Damn. it's funny. Cause you know, when I talk to people and I tell them, yeah, boomerang, they don't know what that means unless you, you work in tech. Like, so I tell I, like my family, feel, like, Oh yeah. yeah boomerang. But they're like, yeah. boomerang. What does that mean? Is that like a, I feel like it's a Silicon Valley tech like lingo, I almost feel like. Because I, I know Bay yeah, Area, so. we have this like weird lingo that no one like really understands. So I mm-hmm. almost feel like Boomerang is like part of that. We're just in the yeah. tech world. No, um, for sure. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've heard it so many times and just being in tech for so long, I've just, it's been accustomed to me. But like, dude, that I, I've listened to that story before. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just crazy to me. That, yeah. um, that like it just shows you and every viewer that's listening right now that like crazy things are possible if you just put yourself to it. And I feel like what you had was like this huge eagerness to learn something. For um, sure. and you just put yourself to it. And I mean, from the stories that I heard from you and on the other podcast that I listened to that you sent me was you know you were putting in the work like you were at the office at six a.m. learning mm-hmm. um, while you were still interning. And yeah. uh, you kind of have to make make everything work. Like for me as well, 
just mm-hmm. to get into tech, I had to work at a retail store, which was central, mm-hmm. for a yep. year just to like understand what what the business is like, what mm-hmm. the what everything like how everything kind of works, and then just kind of get my foot in the door and like thank God that everything worked out. And then I'm I was sure. at the position I was at last year. So same mm-hmm. thing goes for you. You know, you were in IT support, and then now you're making this huge rotation over to software de- development. Um, mm-hmm. just by talking to somebody, you know what I mean? Essentially, that's exactly. what it was. Like, that's exactly. really all it was. And then just putting in the work. Um, mm-hmm. So there's really nothing crazy to it other than, you know, hard work, which is yeah. what I try to preach to everybody in my audience in terms of Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. And now yeah. here, um, that's all you need to do. And you don't need mm-hmm. to know everything. I mean, like for Rich, he didn't know JavaScript and he still got a job. <laughs> Yeah, um, which is nuts. Like I, I, I legit got goosebumps the first time I heard the story. I was like, "Yo, <laughs> that's yeah, I mean, crazy." Yeah, man, it's really all about networking. And um, if like to be honest, like I've interviewed so many candidates for LinkedIn. Like, dude, mm-hmm. it was crazy. So they put at LinkedIn since you know it's a big organization. They already put you through the like the interview process. Um, I think after a month that you you've been working there. So I was interviewing candidates who knew like a lot more than I did. I mean, <laughs> even even now, like I still get that. But yeah. dude, it's like how how the heck am I interviewing this dude? from stanford you know i i honestly like the questions that that i'm even asking him i don't even know what i'm asking so it's really all about you know who you know networking um showing you know hard work dedication and things like that Mm -hmm. um and to be honest you know like i mentioned like i i i interview a lot of candidates for linkedin like a hundred percent of the time, I would choose someone who I would have a good time working with than someone who's a know-it-all and who's just like a jerk. And I think well, that's that's, that's so yeah. that's so. Uh, I feel like that's so key in in mm-hmm. any team, regardless of whether it be self uh, software development or things like that. like even like sports teams. Like mm-hmm. I would choose the person that, as a whole, if I have a team of five people with me and we're trying to add on another. I would mm-hmm. take the person that meshes well with every single person m- more so than the person that like oh for sure can achieve that task a lot faster and a lot better and probably more optimal. Like that's in that aspect I feel not it's not the least of my worries. Obviously I want that kind of person, but mm-hmm. if I can't have team members mesh well and there's no chemistry, well then our job's going to be kind of shitty at the end of the 100%. day. Right? Like communication is down, like no one's going to want to talk to each other. It's just going to feel awkward in the office or on meetings or things like that. So that I completely like can get behind for sure. And I think that that me- uh, mentality in terms of hiring and onboarding is so, so key, even though I'm not in like in a position or I ever, ever had a position as a software dev, I still think that that's so key. Oh, you're going to get there, man. Like I, um, dude, like I only studied web development for four months before I got a full-time position. <laughs> and even when I got that full-time position, like I think for about a year, I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, so Dude, for sure. Yeah. Like, but that's the thing is um it's that that door opens so fast for you, which is mm-hmm. so, so sick to me. Um yeah. what and and that's a, the other thing is that uh we should definitely like reiterate is that you know mm-hmm. the opportunities open at different times and intervals for everybody. Um, exactly like you see and i talked about this in the previous podcast episode with chris is that you know you see these people who like yourself you know you had four months and then you're in 
Other people mm-hmm. maybe take two years or five years or things like that, you know? So it's you shouldn't get discouraged when the door isn't open yet. The keyword is yet. Like the door mm-hmm. will open. Um, mm-hmm. You just got to keep working. Like you can't put yourself into this negative headspace to where, you know, ah, oh, like Rich got it in four. Like, uh, I don't know if I could do it. Like, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you just can't do no, that. Sure. You just have to be super hopeful that that time will come and it will and like you said it mm-hmm. it I, I mean i hope it will <laughs> um yeah. but um yeah you just got to keep on working but that that's crazy man so you're still at linkedin now right i'm still at linkedin yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um i currently work on a project called underconnected youth mm-hmm. um we haven't released it just yet so i'm not sure if i could talk too much about it but i could kind of give you the gist um and maybe I could just back up a little bit of why, you know, why I came back to LinkedIn. So oh, sure. yeah, um, yeah. prior to that, yeah. So I was working at LinkedIn for s- about six months before I left to go to a startup called Keep Trucking. And um, so during my six years at LinkedIn, you know, I had a great time. It was it was awesome. I, I learned a whole lot. And that's pretty much what gave me my jump start to, to my career. Um, I got married last year and I kind of told myself like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I always told myself like, you know, before I have kids or even before I get married, uh, I always want to do like a startup or at least join a startup. So mm-hmm. I left LinkedIn. Um, and I think this is public. So LinkedIn uses Ember and, you know, the talk, talk of town is, you know, react. So I always wanted to be part of a team that uses React. So um, I joined a team called Keep Trucking. Um, I was the lead engineer there. Cool. And uh, yeah, so I was the lead engineer there. I had uh, three other engineers uh, below me and we led a project uh, for design system. Um, if you people who are kind of new and you don't know what a design system is, you could think like Twitter Bootstrap or Google Material. That's a design system. So Mm. we needed to create a design system internally for the company. And I was the first hire there and I kind of led that project. Um, It was really fun. You know, I got to call the shots. I got to create the architecture of this design system. And, you know, I got to lead, you know, three other engineers, which was awesome. Um, but knowing my background, my manager actually reached back out to me and told me about this really cool project that's happening called Underconnected Youth. And since he knew that I came from an underconnected youth background, um, and he knew that, um, you know, I don't have a traditional background in say computer science or, you know, even being in this, you know, career. So he actually recruited me to come back to LinkedIn. And, you know, I thought to myself, dude, this is this is something that, you know, that's really cool and I kind of want to be a part of. And so ultimately, that's the reason why I went back to LinkedIn, working on this project called Underconnected Youth. And essentially what we're doing is we're trying to get um, uh, underconnected youth onto the LinkedIn platform and connect them with uh, compassionate connectors. So for example, um, since I kind of work at LinkedIn and I work at this corporation, um, what LinkedIn is trying to do is to to bridge that gap to help me connect with a uh, underconnected youth and kind of help them and mentor them and get them to the to right path that they want to be. So I'm really excited about this project, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to to release it. Dude, that uh, that and that's all. the cool thing about that too is that I feel like it's close to your heart because you started in a program that essentially does that exactly, um, exactly, and got got you to where you are. 
So I feel like that's even better. You know, it's almost like a passion project, but it's still part yeah. of your full time job, which is like the best combination in the world. Um, oh, for you're sure. Getting, you're getting paid to do something that you're super passionate about, and and yeah. in at the end, you're also helping people that were you at one point. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. which is probably the best feeling in the world. Which, um, to me, is something that I want to do as well and want to get into. Is I want to help people like that come from the same background or who were in the same positions as me. You know what I mean? Like that feeling of knowing that they could make it too. And when they do, it's like, Oh, that's that euphoria you get is crazy. Like, Oh yeah, for sure. dude. Um, but that's awesome. So let's, Mm -hmm. let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah. So you didn't finish college, right? I did not finish college. No, I got up to two years i was actually working at linkedin and trying to finish my um what's that called like in college where you just get like the like the prereqs so i did get to finish like my prereqs and be ge like or associates or ge right? yeah yeah no i didn't get an associates but okay um, okay ge yeah, yeah. I, dude, I haven't been in college for so long so i don't even know like <laughs> all the right terms and i was only there for like a year and a half so me too. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know too much about it. But yeah, so I didn't get to complete college. And okay, so we're both pretty much in the same boat. I went to community college. You went to community college. We didn't finish. Uh, we don't have a degree. Um, I I don't even think I finished my GE. Like there was a. I think I still have a couple classes left, and they were math. And I was like, Nah, I'm good. Um, so do you feel like just just. Like, I want you to answer this question because this is such a huge topic in our community um, and definitely in the developer space is that do you feel that you were lacking in any way because you didn't have a college degree, uh, specifically in like computer science or anything like that while you were on the job at LinkedIn? I, you know, I, I would say yes, but only the only reason why I say yes is because I think it was a mentality thing. I always Mm -hmm. put myself down like, yeah, I'm not good enough because I don't have a degree. But ultimately, like, I don't think and I've been told multiple times that, you know, a lot of these people who do have a computer science degree, it didn't help them, especially in like front end development. Like, yeah. I don't think at colleges, I don't think they teach like CSS, you know, no. what I mean? no, no, so no. I, I, that's a that's kind of a difficult one to answer. But I would say yes, in the sense of, you know, just like a mentality purpose, like imposter syndrome is so real. Oh um, god! Even till the, yeah, even till this day, dude. Like I'm, I'm like, dude. When are they gonna find out that I'm a fake, <laughs> <laughs> dude? But yeah. th- that's the thing is, um, regardless of a college degree or not, I feel like mm-hmm. even if we did, we would still mm-hmm. hit that point of imposter syndrome. Yeah, um, for sure. But that's that's an interesting perspective because I never saw um, having a college degree would mm-hmm. affect you that way. Um, I always thought of, you know, there might have been some sort of topic like algorithms or data structures within like a college curriculum where maybe a self-taught developer felt that they were lacking in that space. Um, Mm -hmm. Or uh, I I guess that's probably like one of the main things is what I see for people when we talk about college degrees. But that's interesting that it puts you into that mentality. Um, Mm -hmm. I never really thought about that, which is probably again really huge for self-taught developers because yes you feel i guess when you're applying to jobs you feel at the bottom of the stack essentially because you're applying against people who do have that piece of paper and unfortunately there's a stigma and 
a bias towards people who do have one. Um, they might get priority, which sucks. But I feel like the, the cool thing with bringing people in to this podcast, especially you and Chris and many others, is that we you were able to do it with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, oh, sorry to cut you off, but like, no, even, no, you're good. even without me, like I've, you know, I've been on the other side and I've seen people who were on the other side and came to my side, which is, you know, working at, at LinkedIn. And it's the same thing. Like there are so many people who don't have a college degree who still work at LinkedIn. And it's just, you just need that one shot, man. Like, dude, I don't know. I don't know how that <laughs> happens. It's either a good resume because before, you know, before I even speak to a candidate, they always have to go through a filter filter process with the recruiter. So in, it, it, there's, there's that like that one step that mm-hmm. you need to, to reach. And I don't know what that one step is, but once ultimately, if, if you're a good engineer, all you need to do is somehow just squeeze your way in <laughs> after the recruiter. Yeah. And then you can kind of start selling yourself. But um, yeah, exactly. I mean, that one exactly. step is so different for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I'm sure you've heard this too and many others, but it's, you just need one yes. Like, yes. that's mm-hmm. all you need. And then, you know, you can make the rest history, but the rest is up to you. Um, it's not going to happen for you. So don't mm-hmm. expect like, once you get, okay, come in for an interview. It's, oh, okay. Like I'm in, like, we're good. Mm-hmm. Like you still no, got to do work. some in the interview. You still got to put in work until mm-hmm. you get that job opportunity. Like as a self-taught dev, once you put like an actual job in your experience as a software dev, bro, mm-hmm. like the, it's just downhill from, not downhill, but I mean like uphill, uphill, yeah. <laughs> uphill. <laughs> like yeah. getting a job is going to be a lot easier for you. You don't have oh, to, sure. uh, like, go crazy with these projects anymore. You don't have to uh, market yourself like crazy anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to do, but mm-hmm. you know, again, all you need is that one yes and then job job opportunities will just come start coming your way. Like it's crazy, but um back to your point, it's also realizing how many self-taught developers are in the industry right now at big companies like yourself at LinkedIn, like you mentioned at Microsoft, all these different companies that are now accepting self-taught developers. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a crazy time right now to believe that you don't need that piece of paper no more uh, to get into the space. Like Mm -hmm. for me, especially that that's reassuring because I never believed in school for myself. I did. I was never a good student. I didn't like schoolwork. Yeah. Um, like the pacing that you had to go through, the work that you didn't feel like you had to do and really didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy that. So dropping out was might have been the best thing I've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. And then going this route is uh, definitely reassuring. And then, you know, talking to developers like yourself is super reassuring in that aspect, mm-hmm. especially because you're in the space. Yeah, yeah. And dude, like, you know what I like? So I looked at your your GitHub profile and mm-hmm. uh, you created that. Pro- I forgot the name of it, but it's with like the M- NBA player stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like looking at this. I'm like, dude, this is like super well written. You know what I mean? So, and like, <laughs> thank you. It, it's, it's, it's those things. It's like all you need to do is just like I mentioned, just get that first shot and like speaking with a recruiter. And then after that, when you, you know, get to showcase you know, your engineering skills to an actual engineer, it's going to be cake. You know what Dude, I mean? So yeah, it's just, it's just you, man, I, I don't know what to tell you or like other people's Just you know, keep building out projects, like build your portfolio, build as many 
um, progress you can on GitHub and Mm -hmm. like someone like me. And I even told you this, like, dude, once the, you know, the hiring freeze gets lifted, I'm going to refer you, you know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah. yeah, It's like, it's just those things just keep building stuff. Yeah. And uh, not to mention, um, you know, for everyone else out there, you know, obviously building things is, is the main factor in terms of getting a job as a developer, if that's the, the route you want to go. Um, but also, marketing uh, i think is a mm-hmm. big thing and you know don't take that as like a like business marketing like you need to make your presence known um mm-hmm. to these recruiters to other people in the community like instagram is a huge thing it, twitter is a huge thing you know um there are so many developers in the space that you can connect with just to get your name out there you're like yo like i talked to a bunch of people on instagram rich is included on like i said on instagram and on twitter and i just you know start a conversation. I'm like, Hey, I'm Justin. Uh, I'm running this thing on social media. I'm also becoming a self-taught developer. Um, it's nice to meet you. Uh, I would, I'd love to talk in the future and that's it. Like I'm not, I'm just letting you know, I'm here. Like I'm starting the conversation for when opportunities come up, they might remember me. And if they do great, they're going to, you know, offer me an opportunity, refer me to a spot, something like that. So that's one thing you need to do. And Rich said it before it's networking. You you just need a network, network, network. LinkedIn, social media, Indeed, or well, not Indeed. That's like a job listing posting. But, you know, mm-hmm. put yourself out there, make your presence known, um, which is very, very key. So, and obviously, <laughs> Rich just talked to people and like, just killed the game. Like he's in it right now, which is crazy. Um, yeah. I'm actually curious. Um, mm-hmm. Do you still build side projects while working? I do. I do, actually. Um, I, I don't do it often, but... Um, LinkedIn uses Ember and it's, if I want to be like up to date with things, I do want to like, you know, learn all the cool front end stacks that are out there. Like, so I build, I do build like side projects on, uh, react. Um, I play with Vue a little bit, but nothing, nothing too, too big. Um, mm. I'd like to though, but you know, I'm married. So I, I, I know, a lot you. of the free time I, I have, I, I spend it with, with my wife. Um, and then, you know, of course I, I like to chill and I have like other hobbies like jujitsu. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that. So, um, I would like to, but you know, at, at, at the moment I don't, I don't do it so much and, you know, I do so much of it at work anyway. So I try to like, I like to step away from, I got the you. Coding. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, Cause, um, that's the other thing is that I feel, I, I always had this in the back of my mind. Um, and I always wished it didn't happen and hope it doesn't happen but you know at at whatever time i get a software engineering job or whatever it is you know um Mm -hmm. my passion then becomes a full-time job and the balance between mental health and you know your job now switches um Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like before i don't have a job right now so this is my passion like i just code to code because i love to do it and then once it becomes a job then well you know, how do I balance that? How do I go about that? You know, how do I switch that gear between, okay, this is work. This is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. It's now one thing. So how can I differentiate separate, that? Yeah. Separate. You know what I mean? So, um, and then I know we talked about it is that you're kind of falling out of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not even sure if I said in the last podcast, but yeah, yeah. I am kind of, kind of falling out of it. Yeah. And, and, but that's the thing is like the differentiation between, you know, passion and full-time job is I feel hard. And I feel like a lot of 
unfortunately, a lot of creators and things like that do the same thing, you know, filmmaking, for example, or photography, for example, you do it because you love it. And then when you get hired on to do it, now you're forced to do it because that's your that's your income. Now, where's the love? You know what I mean? Like over time, I feel like it goes away. And I think that's an important topic to go over, um, especially with self-taught devs. You know, you put so much time and effort into this one thing. And then, you know, once you get that opportunity, great. You you have this um, honeymoon phase with it. Like you made oh, it, yeah. you know, you made it. You're ecstatic. You, you yeah. like, yo, I'm here. Like I did it. I put in that work. It. it paid off. Maybe it like. <laughs> Three months in, you're like, yo, I don't know if I want to do this no more. Like, this <laughs> yeah, is- dude, I, man, <laughs> you know I what I mean? So much about that, yeah. I mean, um, dude, like when I first got hired, and it was cool because you know I was 20 years old. A lot of my like close friends were still in college, you know, and I was I was at LinkedIn, you know, I got free food. Um, you know, I'm you know I'm with a bunch of like adults and I'm doing <laughs> yeah. you know, this whole adult thing even though that's I the crazy parents. thing is you were only 20 yeah so and you know I was making like I was making money yeah, so, yeah so, dude you know prior to that I was making like at the time I think it was my last job before LinkedIn was Radio Shack and <sighs> I, I think I was getting paid 875 and that was hey. a lot at the time that was a lot, dude, because I think most people were getting paid like seven twenty-five an hour. People, people forget how how low our uh, minimum wage was back then. Yeah, man, it's it was it's so what? This is two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, so I was making eight eight uh, eight bucks, nine bucks, and uh, once I got like once they told me like my salary at LinkedIn, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm about, I'm rich. All right, <laughs> so what am I gonna do now? What like? Yo, <laughs> let me go buy a house. conversation bro i'm literally gonna cry like i'm gonna just hug yeah. whoever's telling me like i don't care if it's corona around here i'm gonna give you a hug come yeah, here exactly man so it was cool it, so to to uh brush up on the you know that that high um <laughs> I, I i realized like i was on this high and i was working myself to death and like i already felt super burnt out i think after like my first year just because like i feel like with with like say if I did go to commu- uh not community college but if I went to school got a computer science like I spent four years to prep up yeah for a real time job but mm-hmm. I just went like I went balls in dude like I just started getting a job at twenty and like I was doing <laughs> all the software engineering stuff yeah and keep in mind dude like I was only writing like the only stuff that I studied on was like HTML and CSS and then when I came to LinkedIn as a full time engineer. I was like trying to learn all these like frameworks. I had to write tests. I had to do all these stuff. I'm like, what, dude? I did not sign up for this. I thought I was just gonna make borders on like these elements, and I thought I was good <laughs> after that. I was like, come on, man. So I was like, oh man. But luckily, uh, I kind of after that first year hump, I started getting a little bit more confident, and then that's kind of I, I built up my um my skills you know i got a promotion and then i think once i got that promotion that's when i knew like all right i deserve to be here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where i feel like uh man i still feel a fake like i'm a fake but Mm -hmm. uh, i think everyone's gonna feel that way oh no for sure and i mean like i i get into those moments too where you know i run the instagram and all that stuff it's like Sometimes after I post a photo and I, you know, write the caption and everything, I I look at it and I'm like, oh, like who, who thinks I'm like 
just not it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it seems this way because it's social media and Instagram is very visual heavy and all that stuff. And I'm like, yo, I like, do I know what I'm doing? I Dude, I, I gotta tell you straight up, you know what you're doing. Like it, it's your your feed is sick, your your captions are sick, your photos are sick. Like <laughs> so from an outsider, I think I know like I know what you're doing and it's dope. So yeah, I totally understand when you feel like yourself that it's not good enough, but I'm telling you straight up, it's dope. Dude, thank you. But I mean, sometimes it's just that mental block. Um that you know, I wish I could overcome, and I wish that other people could overcome too, because that's what stops people. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I just keep going, just because you know I've come this far. At, but I'm not saying I'm doing it just because I I got here. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. doing it because I love to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely that like self doubt that that comes up. Um, but do you think? Um, do you have any like suggestions or things that people may be able to like? overcome that like burnout when you you know we're in software engineering for seven years now mm-hmm. um do you feel that there's anything that you could have done or will do to kind of overcome that or yeah i mean there's there's some stuff that i because like like i mentioned i still feel sometimes i still feel burnt out a little bit and you know luckily uh linkedin's a place where you could take unlimited pto so whenever i get those things i yeah, I just take the the time off. I try to find a new a new love, um, and I make connect with people who kind of push me to you know be a better engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a friend who's also um, into software engineering. Oh well, he's he's getting he's getting into it. He's right now he's doing a boot camp. Shout out to my boy Kevin Reber. I'm pretty sure he's listening to this because he's the <laughs> one that forwarded me your guys's podcast. But uh, like him, he is someone who's like learning to become a software engineer, and he's asking me all these questions, and it kind of like drives me. It's like, dude, this this dude really wants to learn. And, you know, I'm at a position where like I'm here and he's trying to get to this position. So it gives me motivation that like, Hey, I, I should be giving help and I should be helping people. And maybe that's something that could like fuel my fire. That's interesting that you say that now, because I, I I've recently seen that a little bit, but like mentorship, I almost feel oh, like yeah. it gets you out of that hump. Um, yeah, because you know, you're seeing this person learn, you're seeing, you're seeing the light bulb go off. You're seeing, mm-hmm. you know, things switch and he's starting to understand or she's starting to understand. And I almost feel like in anything, you know, I used to, uh, I'm not used to, but I mean, like, I don't do this as like a, a profession or anything, but like sometimes, cause I used to love to play basketball and I still do. Um, but like at our gym, we used to, we have a hoop and everything. And some people just shot and I was like, Oh, that's like disgusting. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch that anymore. So I helped them. Yeah. You know, yeah. like just just out of my curiosity, I just want to see if I can help them. Seeing yeah. the progression of their form when they shoot is so uplifting and motivating to me mm-hmm. that I just want to like get better too, and I just want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I feel like that could be the same in software development, where I yeah. think maybe I'm not like suggesting this that big companies do this, but it could be a possibility. You know, where you know you get these engineers, such as yourself, for example. You know, you're in the job for an X amount of years. Okay, let's start like a mentorship program. We give you a junior. Let's see uh, how you can improve them. And then hopefully in turn, as a result, it motivates you to start kickstarting up again. Because yes, after a couple of years, you might get burnt out. You know, you're pushing so hard. You're working so hard. You may be working more hours than you thought you were because you're on salary now. Um, Mm -hmm. 
so I think that's like a, such a key thing and might be a, a goal that you work towards to where you get to that point where you can bring on uh, a mentee mm-hmm. essentially and just help out in terms of the burnout. That's an interesting perspective, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's the reason why Flo, the person who I met at LinkedIn, who taught me how to, you know, do oh, web there you go. So yeah, I think that's the reason why she was so excited. Like, you know, here, here comes this like young kid from this year, year up program who wants to learn how to code. Yeah, I'm gonna come here 6am and teach this kid like, like, man, it's I do. It, yeah, dude. Yeah, interesting. So example. Yeah, no, it, it just loops back, right? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like, Maybe I'm not I'm not talking for her. I'm not trying to put words in her mouth or say how she feels, but you know, maybe she was in this lull um at LinkedIn where she was like, ah, like okay, another day at work. Um yeah. time to go in and just do this task, like take these tickets out one by one. And yeah. then here here you come and it's like, oh, I get to like teach this kid too. I get to watch yeah. him grow. Let's get it. Exactly. Like, run it. Let's let's go. Put it in work. And yeah. it's just an exciting feeling for everybody. And I think that that's a, a huge thing, especially, you know, for you, where I feel, you know, with your friend, Kevin, um, that's motivating and in, in it in and of itself. Yeah, um, no, for sure, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's so key. Yeah. And I, th- I think like the the moment I told her that <clears throat> Vinay, who was the director of web development at the time. When I told um, when I told Flo that yeah, Vinay actually gave me this full time position. She was so happy. Like, oh yeah, I like bet. It's, yeah, it's one of it's, yeah, it's one of those things, man. Dude, that, and <clears throat> I'm getting goosebumps even thinking about that moment, you know. And yeah. I wasn't there, and I'm not, you know, a, you know, associated in any way. But you know, knowing how that feels as a mentor, like you know, mm-hmm. seeing the work pay off. You know, you you feel satisfied and you feel like you fulfilled something. You know, yep. it wasn't it wasn't part of your job description. It wasn't you weren't asked to do this. You know, mm-hmm. you you went out of your way to help somebody. Yep. It helped them. Like that's just good karma right there. That feels amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know it Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. I didn't have a thought. <laughs> oh, no, because I'm really into like uh, meditation and like mindfulness yeah. and, and, and happiness and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with all the craziness that's happening out there, one of my friends asked me, like, you know, how do, how do you become happy or like, what's the like, how, do, how does some, someone become ha- happy? And I read this really good book called The um, the Art of Happiness, and it features like the Dalai Lama. And he mm-hmm. said, ultimately, what brings people happiness is making someone else happy. And like in this in this book, he like he asks a series of questions. Like say if you want a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would feel good, but then that happiness would only last for like a certain amount of time. And now, yeah, like like, it only lasts for a certain amount of time. Right. And then he asked, like, what if you received a million dollars, but you help out other people? Like, say if you gave someone a hundred thousand dollars. Those are the things that will ultimately like you're gonna think that of that so much that every time you think back of the time that you help someone, it just brings you happiness. But when you win a million dollars, that happiness is only like in the spur of the moment. Um, mm. It's really hard to explain, but it's like because the book is just so great. It's like it's yeah, it's, mm. it's kind of hard to put in my own words. But I just thought that thought that was like really really intriguing, and 
yeah, everyone go read The Art of Happiness. It's a really I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that in the show notes for sure and I'm definitely yeah. going to have to read that. Um because I'm I'm huge into like self-help books too, so yeah. that's going to be a huge one and especially in our world where I almost feel like you know, happiness is a huge conflict with developers. Mm-hmm. Um and and looping back to what we were talking about with college degree, people put in the 4 years then going to software development, but I feel like, a, a, I don't know the percentage, but there might be a percentage of people who middle of their degree, they didn't feel it was for them, but they were so uh, invested into it. They were like, all right, well, got to stick this through. I already put so I'm much money there. Time into it. You know what I mean? And then they go into a job and it's like, yeah, I hate my life right now. Like, this is not for me, yeah. but I got to do this. Um, that's the things like that. Like you need to, be proactive about that stuff, you know, getting a therapist, um, yep. putting time and effort into what you were saying and you spend a lot of time on um, meditation and thinking right. about happiness and mental health. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's so, so big to us. And then especially with the imposter syndrome, if you let yourself go down like this shitty path in your mental state, dude, it's gonna, it's gonna weigh on you. Yeah. Like it's not even worth it at that, you know? Yeah, for Um, real. You always have to train yourself. And, you know, I tell my friend Kevin this all the time. And there are times where, like, I I like to vent and I I tell him, like, dude, work sucks and, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. But he's he's going to – he wants to be at a point where he does get a job. And so what I try to tell him now is, like, condition yourself where you don't need to, like, having a job is the end goal. Like, regardless, you're going to get a job. So true. Like, you're going to – like – maybe right now you're having a hard time finding a job or, you know, you're not an engineer, even though you want to be like, you really want to be an engineer right now. Try to train your mind where once you become an engineer, which you will become an engineer, that it's not going to be like a top priority. So, I mean, for for me, like when I was during my internship, I told myself like, dude, I want to be like these people here who are like in the matrix, you know, they're coding, they're doing (laughs) all these really cool things. And I swear once I, dude, once I become an engineer, I'm set, you know, but Mm -hmm. then look at me seven years later, I'm like, I, I love where I'm at and I, you know, I'm very grateful of where I'm at, but it's not my end goal. Right. And I've talked about this with Chris in the episode that we did. You know, I have a friend, really good friend that I've I've known for a couple of years now. We go to the gym together. Um mo- more so before than now, but um he's a he's an engineer at Google. And he was I was asking him for advice, you know, what to learn, what to do, what the roadmap would be for me if I wanted to go this route. And he he said, "No, no, no. You're you've got this all wrong. Like you're thinking about this all wrong." Um, your, your end goal right now is to be, uh, is to get a job as an engineer, but that's too short. Like that's just a stepping Mm. stone. You need to think about the long, long term. Like what's your real end goal? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, look, you getting the interview, you prepping for the interview, you getting a job. That's just a stepping stone to get to get you to where you really want to be. Like that's such a small, small speck in your in your personal roadmap. Like you need to think about what your real end goal is, because once you get that job and you think that that's your end goal, you're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to be fulfilled. So really, really write down and think about, Mm -hmm. Okay, once I get the job, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't stop there. 
this like you, oh, life yeah. is a game right like that's just mm -hmm. you just leveled up great on yeah. to the next one um exactly you gotta get it you gotta get to the fucking uh what's it called uh final boss <laughs> yeah do you gotta be you know out there come on man yeah for real you didn't get to <laughs> bowser yet you just saved peach great you still gotta get home <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean man. like no, it, dude that and that's that's what we need to understand is like um you know getting a software engineering job is great that's mm -hmm. temporary you know you could yeah. lose that job you can yeah. you know the market right now is crazy you know oh yeah like mass layoffs you could mm -hmm. be part of that this could happen again do not do not put all your chips on the end goal being just being a software engineer there's got to be more yeah. to that there's got to mm -hmm. be more to that so for those of you listening right now, do not put all your chips in that. Like yep. literally take some time, take an hour. It doesn't even have to be an hour. It could be multiple days of you sitting down, thinking about where you really want to be at the end, at the very, very end. What do you want to have done to achieve that? What are the stepping stones? Because getting a software engineering job is just a small stepping stone in that. Yeah, for um, sure. I have so yeah. many people who who are in the Europe program who you know reach out to me, and uh, not even just at the Europe program, just random people who they they ask me like, oh, how do I become an engineer? And I would ask them, I would reply back and say like, oh, have you ever built anything? He's like, yeah, I built this web page, I built this, you know, this app. I'm like, well, you're a software engineer. So what you're trying to say is you just want to be an engineer and have a job. And mm. you know, it's, it's just those kind of like, like switcher mentality. Like you are a software engineer. Yeah. Like I, like I want to be a software engineer because if you're building stuff and you're creating stuff, then yeah, you are a software engineer. You just need to, you just want to find a job in the software engineering space. Yeah. Dude, that's so true though. Because like yeah. I, I found myself in the same space when I, uh, like probably earlier this year was, you know, I was already building things, but Mm -hmm. uh, in my so it, it's kind of stupid but in my instagram bio uh i didn't call myself a developer because i didn't feel like i was one yet and then i had this mental switch where i was like yo i'm building things like i understand these things i can write yeah. code i understand when i read other people's code mm -hmm. i can deploy websites and all these things i am a developer like I literally have developed things, so might as well just change yeah. my bio. Like, it's such a small thing, but yeah. it's that mental switch where you're like, okay, I am a developer. Okay, try next move. Next move. Like, yeah. people know I'm a developer. Now let's let's get this thing mo moving, right? Um, yeah. So I think that's very key, too, is uh, all of this is really just a mental switch. Um, yeah. Dude, I, like, I totally, like, even before, you know, chatting with you, when uh, my friend Kevin sent me the the podcast and I was looking you up, I was like, oh, this dude, this dude's a software engineer. Like, I looked at your GitHub, I'm like, dude, he built some, like, cool stuff. He built it with React. And, he, you know, he built this NBA player stat. And then then I just realized when we chatted on, through Instagram that you're, you're looking for, like, a software engineering job. I'm like, dude, you're, like, already there. You know what I mean? Like your, your yeah. skill sets are already there. Dude, like I 100% I appreciate that because, you know, I've never, I, I wouldn't say never. I've always talked to people who are developers and things like that and who have these, you know, hiring manager positions and things like that. But I've never had someone really, really go through my GitHub and, you know, review the work and and tell me, 
that you know you, these things are great um so it's feedback like that that like is super inspiring for me so like honestly thank you um yeah no for sure man and it's, curious, yeah like did you just think of that project by yourself or were you taking a class and then it was kind of like a follow these steps or like i was curious like how did you come up with that idea and like how did you learn how to code so that okay let's 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 go through this i gotta sit up for this one <laughs> um i was taking a course on udemy and we were building i think the course was from it was the complete react course from steven grider i don't i don't want to say his last name but we built this app called streamy i think and um, that was the first time I had used Redux for state management. And I, I wanted to like solidify the concepts behind Redux because Redux was like this big old monster that I had no idea what the hell was going on. So I think one day when I was, this was still when I was working in IT, I think I was just like, um, I was watching an NBA game like off on the side while I was doing work. And I, I was just like, oh, maybe I could do that, you know? Like maybe I could build something that related to the NBA because I'm a huge NBA fan. Okay. Mm. How do I do that? What do I do that? Uh, what do I do to implement Redux? And then the next like idea that popped in my head was like, oh, okay. I think I could find an API because I wanted to practice using like fetching a uh, third-party APIs and stuff. So I was like, okay, there may be an uh, API where I can grab stats from players and teams and then maybe use redux in that way to manage the you know the web pages dynamically loading with all the data and stuff um and i just kind of started going through it i think the december of 2019 i started like drafting what what it would what it would look like how it would flow and then built it and then that's kind of how that started um and it turned into that and honestly that project was so much fun because I was stuck for a long time with Redux and there were so many, there was like a couple people that were actually reaching out to me to help me. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh like yeah. collaboration with other developers. Like this is good. I get to get insight from other people um, and see how they would attack this certain issue or, or things like that. So that was kind of cool. And then you asked if, or uh, how I got into coding. Yeah. Like, okay. So I have always been into coding um, like we'll backtrack all the way when I was in like middle school. Um, mm, I think nice. me and another friend, his dad wanted him to learn PHP and he was like, yo, learn PHP with me. I was like, okay, fine. I don't even know what that means, but let's do it. <laughs> um, and he had this book and I was like, okay, you keep the book. I'm not going to keep coming to your house to learn this. I'll look this up online. Uh, so I started doing tutorials from, I think it was, I, I don't know if, is it Derek Banyas or something like that on YouTube? Mm. Um, he might've had a PHP tutorial back then. And I was just like watching it and learning how to make a website with PHP or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, so my interest started there. Then I was always on and off every year. And then earlier 2019, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. Like coding is is really fun and the fact that you can make something out of out of just words essentially yeah, words is no pretty words cool stuff, to me yeah. i was like okay we got to get into this so um did free code camp for a couple months just learning html and css stopped that you know went off again for maybe two months 
And then I would say August slash September timeframe of 2019, I went full in. So no. one in the Code Academy, YouTube tutorials, Udemy courses, and then here I am, you know, just nonstop every day learning HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Um, mm -hmm. My roadmap was a little stupid, like I said in the past podcast. Um, I learned HTML all the way through. And um, CSS, I went half-ass. I didn't learn everything that I needed to because I was like, ah, I don't like CSS. Um, because you can't learn everything. Like I still Google stuff. Like oh no no time. for sure. I'm not. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing that doesn't like really discourage me either. Is that I know I can just look things up. Um, mm -hmm. So I wasn't really um, discouraged by that. So you know, I skipped a lot of CSS. <laughs> And I went straight to JavaScript because I was like, I want to learn JavaScript. Um, yeah, and then and that, my dumb ass most, yeah, yeah, for sure. But then my dumb ass was like, okay, I don't know if I, I want to learn JavaScript. Oh, I kind of want to learn React. Because um, for some reason, I was in a mental block. I was like, I don't know if I really understand what's going on in JavaScript right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then for some reason, I was like, okay, let me jump into React right now and see if. I can't just pull away some of the things that I really do need to know in JavaScript mm -hmm. and just backtrack essentially. So if there's something I get stuck on in React, I'll look what it I'll look it up um, to see what it is in JavaScript to see if I can understand the concept more. So uh, I went through that React course um, that I was talking about um, and I got a better understanding of JavaScript oddly um, through yeah. that just because, you know, fortunately enough, the Steven was who the professor was, he explained it fairly well and in detail, you know, when there was something that we were doing, like such as destructuring, which we talked about before <laughs> on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he went over destructuring. I was like, oh, shit, what is this? And then he said it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's easy. I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so I learned React all the way through. That was pretty easy. And then I think recently, you know, a couple months ago, I went back to just vanilla JavaScript through Codecademy, understood that. So here we are. We know nice. pretty much all the front end stuff. Um, and right now I'm just building out websites, you know, my portfolio. I did a client project. So that's kind of my journey. Oh, nice. Coding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. And I'm I'm curious, like, since you have such a big following on Instagram, do you ever have people reach out to you regarding like, hey, we wanna like interview you or we have a project and we'll pay you to to do it? Do you have any of those kind of clients? Mm -mm, not through Instagram. Yeah. I don't know if I come across that if it's just because of the way I uh portray myself on Instagram or not. Like not that I'm doing it in a negative way. Mm -hmm. But um I've never I've never gotten an opportunity like that through Instagram. Um, mm, I'm very okay. open to it, though. So if any of you want to. Um, <laughs> Shoot, if anyone's listening, yeah, dude. Hire this um, dude. That's <laughs> good. Um, but no, uh, nothing like that. I know people who have, who have gotten clients through Instagram and things like that. But um, no one who's ever really reached out on on my DMs or my emails saying, hey, we have this thing. Let's, let's do something. Um, gotcha. I maybe have, but they were kind of, you know, sketchy ones. So I never really, I never really engaged on those ones. So if I get a non-sketchy opportunity, I will definitely take it. Hey, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like I mentioned, dude, like once the LinkedIn freeze gets lifted, I'm referring you. Dude, let's get it. I'm excited, yeah. dude. Thank you. Like, yeah. all I need is that foot in the door, bro. Like, 
I want people to understand, and it's just not for me. Like this should be for everybody else. Should be. You you should have this mindset, especially as a self-taught dev. Get that first opportunity. Like for me, yep. for example, like with this whole LinkedIn stuff. Like mm-hmm. if I do end up getting an interview with it, you you best believe everything else to me doesn't matter except for that opportunity right there. Like I'm putting my heart and soul, like one thousand percent of my efforts are going into that so I can secure that. Like exactly. The I will bleed for that <laughs> to happen. Like I don't care what I gotta do. Like do you I, tell me, let like what do I need to do? Like it doesn't even have to be coding related. You need me to kill somebody? No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean dude, to be honest, like Dude, just be yourself. Like, there's so many people who, you know, who've, who I've interviewed personally and who are just like, like, they just really just like talk out their asses. Like, oh, they know these things. Or like, yeah, you know, I've done it this way and it's better this way. Oh, I'm like, dude, I, like, I'm asking you a simple question. Just like, go ahead and try your best to solve it. And mm-hmm. it really isn't about getting the answer right. It's really about, can I see myself working with this person? If, if the skills aren't there, is there is this a person that I could help mold into an engineer that I would want to be, you know, a team member with? It's really that. Like, dude. there's so many times, not even myself, but like colleagues who turn down a candidate because they they just rub them the wrong way. Yeah, you know? like even though they're they're like they're technical experts, right? They they know everything about JavaScript. But if the, if this so if it's someone that I can't work with, then it doesn't matter, dude. That's like so reassuring and key because again, we you know we're looping back to the whole um, is the chemistry right with this employee or uh, yep. you know candidate. Um, but the other thing is too is that I feel like for us, especially me, I'm I get super nervous with um, interviews mm-hmm. in general. Um, Obviously, yes, at the end of the day, like you said, you know, it's just be you. I'm not going to be fake. Like, I'm going to talk. I'm not going to tell you lies. I'm not going to um, say what I'm not. I'm just going to be me. And if you don't like that, that's okay. Um, but, you know, with the technical interviews, it's uh, it's super reassuring to hear that, you know, it's not the fact that obviously you want to try your best. Um, you, you know, n- not getting the right answer, knowing that you not getting the right answer is okay. Um, like, I feel like if you have that in the back of your mind, but still try to get the answer right, mm-hmm. just makes you a little bit more calm in, in the moment, because obviously it's super nerve wracking, right? You're, yeah, this is, this is your opportunity to whether or not you get the offer or not, you know what I mean? Um, yep. so I, it, it's a hard balance for sure, but I feel like we need to make sure that we stay calm, that we stay true. Like you said, um, yeah. and just, you know put in the time and put in the effort and mm-hmm. it pays off. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's super key because, you know, the interviewing process, especially for a lot of other developers, uh, that's one of the key things because you can't, you know, there's mock interviews, there's, you know, there's hacker rank yeah. where you can practice those questions, yep. but you never really get to simulate the actual feeling of, Hey, there's, you know, rich is interviewing me. He's hovering over me. He's watching me. This is kind of like scary right now. <laughs> yeah, no. And t- to be honest, like, and I, this, this is the moment where I feel like the reason why I worked at LinkedIn is because I said, I don't know how to do this, but I will 
learn how to do this. And that's when I emailed back that the person interviewing me with the correct mm-hmm. answer, like just be upfront and just be like, you know, I don't know how to do this and just be completely honest. And I, that's the reason why that, I mean, I know that's the reason why I'm at LinkedIn right now is because of, because I said that because Dude, I said sure. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And I think that's so key because that's another key thing too. Cause it's, if you don't know something, don't try to like prolong it and fake it until yeah, you like, figure dude, it out. You know I what I mean? So many times, dude, yeah. it's so like in it, especially because mm-hmm. it, it pisses me off when I see this too, because it's so cringy. I'm like, sometimes when I had, when I was watching like at central, for example, we had, you know, obviously there's new people that come through and they don't know the processes or things like that. But if I clearly see that you don't know the answer, Mm-hmm. Don't try to fake that you know the answer until you figure it out. Like, yep. one, it's very easy to read, brother. Like, I know that you don't know the answer to this question. Just tell me you don't know, and I will either help you or we can both work to figure this out. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And as a developer, I feel like it's even easier to read that you don't know the answer. So mm-hmm. if you get or run into a situation to where, okay, I, I literally don't know what this means or don't know how to do this, just say that. And I feel, again, it's to what you said. It's what's helped you. You know, you're eager to learn it. I don't know this. Can you teach me? Give me time. I will learn it. Like, give me me a week. Give me five days. Give me two days. Give me an hour. I'll figure it out. Like, no problem. You know what I mean? I I don't think anybody at LinkedIn or I think any software engineering company at LinkedIn uh, at uh, in the Silicon Valley has ever fired someone for not knowing or asking a question. Like I asked so many questions to, to the engineers and like, I'm, I'm still there. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the BEM, BEM CSS. I still get confused on how to write BEM CSS. Like <laughs> those, are, those are the things that, that I ask all the time. And you know what? Hey, I'm still here. Been here for seven years. So the, yeah. Dude, it's it's the eagerness, it's asking questions, but it's also being okay and open to failure. Like, not necessarily that, you know, you not knowing BEM or asking questions is failure, but in general, you, you're going to fail along the way, but that's how you grow, right? Like, with software development, you're not going to know everything. We've talked about this. You're not going to know every single freaking property or anything like that in CSS or nope. things, you know? Like, you're just not. Like, you got to be okay with that. And you got to be okay with being in a situation where I don't know it. Like, I feel like a failure, kind of, right? But let me ask and figure this out. And then once you get through that, you know, quote unquote obstacle, you're not going to forget it. And you're going to be seasoned and experienced in that. And then when the time comes and when that situation comes right back around, you'll know it. You know what I mean? And you just grow that every single time with everything that you don't know. So, mm-hmm. and I've talked about this to plenty of other people. I did it in the AMA. Like, you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, yep. Like, being okay with not knowing is so key for us, for sure. Yeah, and, I, like, it's just, uh, you're a prime example of that. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it, dude. Like, dude, it's crazy to, like, the mental fortitude that you have and the just curiosity as a person and then as a developer is like so like motivating for sure like for me too because i'm a curious person like it's seeing people who really 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 want to learn is Mm -hmm. what 
is what motivates me. Like seeing, like for me, like when I see people who really want to learn to play basketball, it's like, yes, like watching that person just grow, 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 grow. It's like, this is great. I love that. Yeah, man, that's what, dude, that's what life's all about is just growing. Dude, like, for if sure. You, yeah, dude, if you're getting relaxed, man, like that's that's the first sign where it's going to go downhill, man. You just have to keep on growing, keep on learning. That's what life is all about. Dude, and uh, again, it's it that that just goes right back around to to being comfortable with being uncomfortable. People mm-hmm. people get too comfy when they get that job. It's like, yo, okay, I got a salary. I got money coming in. I got my job. We good. I don't got to move nowhere. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, you have a job. Great. Use that money to fund something else. Go yeah, start something invest. else on the side and like grow. Yeah. yeah. And okay, let's get into that now. Good old segue. Yeah, dude, let's, yep. Let's do it, man. Because <laughs> I know you and something crazy about you is uh, you owned an investment property at the age of 23 and I'm 23. Yep. So to me, that's nice. like, yo, what, what, what strings do I got to pull to do that? Because that's insane. Um, yes, but like, so I'm heavily into investing stocks and finance and, you know, mm-hmm. financial stability. So I'm curious to know what your take is on that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. how important that is for everybody, including developers, because, you know, our salaries are pretty high in the Silicon Valley, at least, you know what I mean? So what's your take? Uh, Yeah. I love to talk about this because I feel like when you talk about passion, right? This is my passion. Finance, Mm. investing is my passion. Mm. Um, I'm very grateful that I'm an engineer. Um, It kind of helps me funnel my passion. And without it, with, without software engineering, I wouldn't be able to do the kind of investments that I that I do. Um, I just want to double check. We're good on time, right? I I don't have to do anything, but I just want to make sure that you're good. I'm good, bro. I, I didn't even okay. realize we were in an hour. Like, let's just keep going. Yeah, dude, same here, man. That, dude, that was super fast. <laughs> but yeah, let me get into this. So um, I'm going to back up just a little bit. So sure. growing up, I've always been into investing. My dad always played stocks. You know, when I used to sleep in my parents' room, um, Bloomberg was always on. So throughout my whole process of life, I always kind of knew about stock and investing. So even though I wasn't, you know, the smartest person in school and I was like a C average person, I knew how to save and I knew how to, you know, do my finance stuff. Mm. So right when I turned 18, I was a senior year, a senior year of high school. I opened up a stock account and this thing called DCA, which is dollar cost averaging, which where, which, you put in money into a certain stock or put money in an investment portfolio at a, at a uh, monthly or weekly cadence. So I've been investing into stocks since I, I was 18. Dude, um, I, so ahead of the game. Yeah, man, this is, that's, dude, when I, when I say passion, like this is my passion. So dude. before I even go into it, I, I just want to let you know what my goal is. My goal is to be a stay-at-home father. Whenever that time mm. comes, when I become a you know parent, I just want to make sure that I'm I'm at home and mm. I just want to be there 24-7. Um, so I always had that mentality um, growing up. You know, I was reading a lot of books. I read you know Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, Warren Buffett books. So eighteen, opened up my stock account, um, did the whole DCA stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I 
you know, I got a job at LinkedIn, um, you know, getting paid, you know, six figures right off the bat when I was 20 years old. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, that's why I was so excited when, you know, when I got that job, cause I was literally making like seven, $8, you know what yeah, I mean? Dude. So talk um, about a freaking salary increase. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But I do. Okay. Um, Quick side note: It wasn't like my my base my base salary wasn't six figures. Yeah, that's including like stocks and things like that. Oh, for sure. But still, you you made yeah. you're making a good amount of money at the age. Oh yeah. So I think um and since it's so long ago, I th- when when I got hired, I got an email. It was a docu sign saying that your salary is going to be eighty five k. I was like, what? Oh my goodness. This is- <laughs> It's crazy but now it's like it's weird to say and it's like so jaded but it's like it's so weird to say like if you were to get paid 85k now it's like yo you're getting getting gypped and keep in mind well, this is 2013 it also is in the silicon valley like 80k yeah. especially i mean at 20 you're probably still living with your parents i think you're still living with your parents yeah. too now right yeah i'm still living with my parents yeah Bro, i could talk about smartest move ever yep. But backtrack um, is, you know, 80K in the Silicon Valley, it's all location, uh, it's all location, right? So if you're making 80K in the Silicon Valley and and you're going to, you're planning on starting a family, yeah, you can't do that with 80. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, like I, I don't want to sound like, oh yeah, 85K is not a lot. I mean, it is a lot, but to be honest, if you're living in the Silicon Valley, if you're living in the Bay Area, it's really not. But you know, really I'm so grateful that you know I was getting paid 85k. Mm-hmm. Um, so 18, uh, 20 years old, getting paid 85k, had some stocks. Um, I told myself, you know what, I I'm gonna save as much money as I can, and I'm gonna continue living with my parents. At the time, I was still single, so saving money was a lot easier. <laughs> um, so what I did was, when I became 23, I had a good amount of savings, and um, I put that all into uh, my house, which I purchased in Vegas. So, so I still have smart. that property. I also have tenants there. So people are renting out. Um, they're paying for the mortgage and plus a little bit more. So I always had this cash flow coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I mentioned, I still live with my parents, even though I'm a married man. Uh, like I took upon myself, like, you know what? Our goal, my wife and I's goal is to, you know, purchase a house. We don't want to rent. We don't want to, you know, give give money to a landlord. What we're going to do is we're going to, save money and build a, this really nice nest egg to purchase a house. And we're currently doing that right now. And with mm-hmm. the whole like COVID situation going on, I'm hoping that this, the housing market kind of dips a little bit. So we're kind of hope for that. Don't yeah. hope it will. You think so? Yeah, dude, I, I think, think so. so. Too. Yeah, I think it's so. like with everything going on in the market right now, I think the, the housing market is just going to ricochet and side effect onto it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just the last one to go. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Let's do it by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But like, and my wife's a nurse. So, you know, we, we have two people who are making good amount of money. I was going to say. We were never, we were never in an argument of moving out of my parents' house. Like my, my parents are, you know, so loving and, you know, they let us stay here we pretty much, you know, rent free. So, mm-hmm. um, like, what I want to do and one of my goals is, you know, teach the younger, you know, millennials. Um, what's the ones who, who are like the, the younger millennials? Is it, is that Gen Z? 
I think so. Yeah. So I want to teach the Gen Zs, like, no matter, regardless of how much money you make, it's it's not about that. It's how much money you could save and invest. Yeah. You know, like I have I have coworkers who you know make good amount of money, but like seventy percent goes to rent or goes into you know buying toys and all the, all these other things. So yeah. So in regards to like investment, like that's my passion. And yeah, I, I purchased a house when I was twenty three. Still have that. Um, I still do DCA stock investment and uh, I haven't really sold any stocks. Um, Good. So I'm just kind of just playing along and yeah, my, my ultimate goal is to, you know, be a stay at home father. That, and we, I mean, that loops back to the end goal. That's your goal, right? You software That's development was just, just a stepping stone towards that goal. Stepping stone. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, like which, I, I, it's, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say software development is probably one of the biggest careers you could have to get even closer to that, like faster. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, uh, su- I'm just super grateful. And yeah, yeah. I'm just super happy. And I, I listened to Chris, his kind of goal is, you know, buying his parents a house and that's, you know, Yo. see, that's what it's all about, man. Like, did you hear the things like that it, he does? Like this man's uh, crazy. Like, like he's like looking on, uh, what's Zillow. the, Zillow. He looks on Zillow yeah. like every day or some shit like that. I'm like, yo, brother, that's unhealthy. <laughs> oh, but yeah, but you can tell he's like, that's like something he really wants to do. And yeah. we all have these different triggers, right? And that for him, you, yeah. you know, looking at these houses he wants to put his parents in, yo, that's 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 a whole nother level. And I applaud him for that. I'm like, yo, that's yeah. so motivating to the fact that you want to get to a position where financially you can retire your parents mm-hmm. and or Put them in a house that's like a dream to them. Yep. Like getting to, again, it's all the stepping stones. And Chris, you have put yourselves into those positions to where it's possible. Um, yeah. And back to your point is financial literacy is so, so important in that aspect. Because, you know, as a software dev, it's easy to get carried away resting on your laurels. You know, you're making this money. Like you feel yep. like you made it, but you really haven't yet. You know, yep. depending on the age, like... Yeah, you're getting this money, but what are you doing to set yourself up for the future? You know, you got all these people buying Teslas, buying um, like nothing against buying Teslas. Like, great, do it. Like, it's a good investment, too. But, you know, um, you you, for for example, you bought a house. It's a huge asset. It's bringing in money, you know, after the initial close and, you know, putting tenants in and all that stuff like it's bringing you passive income. Um, Yep. Like you have an asset that you can hold on to, you know, you're building a nest egg to potentially and eventually buy your own house. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, are you planning on staying on the Silicon Valley or are you moving out? Um, my wife and I were still talking about that. Our, mm. our whole family's here in uh, yeah. the area. So it would be so hard to move anywhere else. I do have family in Vegas and that's kind of, that's where our investment property is, mm-hmm. is located in Vegas. But um. Dude, I was born and raised here in Daly City. And I just don't really see myself out of leaving. Here. I feel yeah, the same way. It would be it would be so hard. You know? I know. So, I know. You, you were born and raised in San Jose. Yes, born and raised. Still in the, yeah. live in the same house um, nice. when I was born. So um, same this here. is yeah. For it's it's yeah. that's what I think holds me so close to the city and mm-hmm. just the Bay Area in general. Even if it is you know super super overpriced. Um, mm-hmm. Like it just the 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 relationship and the bond 
quote unquote, yeah. that you have with the city just because, you know, born and raised, right? Like it keeps you there. Yep. Um, yep. And I think the nice thing about the pricing here in the Silicon Valley is it's just because it's so high, it really pushes you to make that price. Yep. yep. Um, Makes which you want to work harder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, which is really, really nice. And, um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, do you, I, I always thought about this because, you know, as a software dev, we can build these things, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you, have you ever thought about using software development to feed into your passion as finance and like build something in that, in that realm? Yeah. So actually, so, um, recently my friend Kevin, since he's, uh, doing all these software engineering classes, he actually does a lot of backend stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I built a tool and it's just all local stuff. Um, it's not actually out there. So I built a tool where it holds all my investments. So like I, I invest in gold. I invest in like cryptocurrency. I invest in properties. I also invest in stocks. But to see those investments, I actually have to individually go to these separate accounts to do that. Mm-hmm. I, just, I built something locally for myself to <laughs> just have one full page and it shows everything there. I mean, you do have websites like Personal Capital and uh, yeah, other things. And it's like you're yeah, you give access to them. So I try to like, it's all local, local stuff for, for me. So um, is that a website or is that a mobile app? It's actually, it's a, it's a website. So Ah, the the only thing that sucks is, yeah, it's, it's through, it's a mobile app, um, mobile web app. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. 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 But again, that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to be honest, like, like I mentioned before, like I, I love engineering and I'm, I'm happy to be here, but when I'm not working, I try my best. I, yeah. Stay completely away from it. completely yeah. understand. So you try to separate yeah. that now. So let's yeah. dig into that. So aside from finances and all that stuff, you know, um, obviously that's super important. And I think that that's a conversation that we definitely should have when it comes to developers because of the amount of money we make, but are there other hobbies that you have aside from finances outside of your full-time job? Yeah, no, um, health is also a big thing. One of mm. my, uh, uh, what I like to do is, so I wrestled in high school and a little bit in the community college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I translated that into um, jujitsu. So, nice. you know, after after high school and college, you can't really wrestle anywhere else unless you do mm-hmm. like club wrestling. Right. But uh, so I started doing jujitsu. Another big passion of mine is I love watching MMA, UFC, Mm-hmm. matches martial arts like i'm a super big fan of joe rogan no um, i love joe rogan why i have my yeah podcast so <laughs> yeah. yeah so i i love watching um those things and i like um i love doing those things as well for so sure those are kind of like the big things is finance martial arts and just you know kicking it with my wife living us living a really simple life i'm also like heavily into like minimalism so mm, i have i know channel that kind of yeah. uh, that kind of tailors to minimalism since i'm so heavy into like mindfulness and meditation mm-hmm. minimalism is just like a lifestyle that i enjoy mm-hmm. doing it. it actually translates into to coding too like so i try to keep everything dry um, yeah don't repeat yourself kind of mentality mm-hmm. if i could write less code I that's what I do. Right. So yeah. 
I, and I think those things are so key because, you know, with jujitsu, it's, um, you know, I've always actually wanted to get into jujitsu um, eventually, but I, I'm you, just... You're built like a, like a jujitsu person. So like when I saw, <laughs> when I saw your Instagram page, I'm like, dude, this dude either like he does Muay Thai or jujitsu. But then like you just, you, you play basketball, which is yeah. still good. Yeah, 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 I play basketball and then now I just do CrossFit all the time. Nice. Um, but the interesting part about that is, uh, right next door to our gym is a Brazilian jujitsu gym. Um, oh, what, what, what gym? Uh, damn it. I don't remember their name. Oh no. Dude, there's so many in San Jose. I know there's so many. I think it starts with a G like glow something. I think okay. I, I don't remember. Um, but you know, we used to share, we actually used to share, um, the building with them before we moved out into our own. Oh, nice. And, you know, I would always see people roll and spar and all these different mm. things. And um, it, it it always looked super interesting. But the other thing that was super interesting to me was that it's almost, it's super strategy based and it's yeah. almost like a puzzle. Um, yeah, it's like almost like a chess match. Exactly. It's like, you, you know, your opponent makes one move, what's your next to counter, things like that. Yep. Um, which yeah. always interested me. And I've always really, really wanted to get into it because I love that kind of stuff. And uh, physically, I know I could probably handle it, but uh, yeah. just never really like put the time in. But um, what my point was is that, you know, your hobbies in jujitsu, your hobbies in minimalism and happiness and things like that, I feel like ground you so well to, mm -hmm. to the point where it positively affects you in your full-time work. Mm -hmm. um so and that's the other thing is you know people like myself i didn't have side hobbies aside from the gym um for a little bit in, other than coding you know what i mean and coding consumed so much of my life that i i needed to have these um outlet. outside factors yeah. yeah exactly an outlet to just ground myself make sure that mentally i was okay and I could have these things to get my mind off things if I was getting too frustrated with coding. Cause I mean, if you run into a bug that you can't figure out for like a whole day, that kills you. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, all right, time to go to the gym, time to do whatever yeah. else, you know, time to make a video, time to blah, 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 take a photo, whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever the hobbies are, yours are super grounding, especially jujitsu. Like, yeah, it, it's just like the, the mental aspect of jujitsu is always what, um, captivated me really how long have you been doing yeah. it uh i was on and off for maybe about four to five years mm. um i just it, it's hard for me because i'm a type of person where i i could get bored really easily so yeah if I'm, you know after work if i'm you know training jujitsu every single day i i get bored really easily so mm -hmm. um i like to bounce around to different gyms and i kind of just like take a take a rest maybe take a month off to a couple of weeks off I and then you. you know and then get back into it like i've done every like i've done a lot of things i've done like muay thai jiu-jitsu um i got really into rock climbing i just like i always need to like do something like different i'm i'm very yeah where, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, i want to i want to try i could tell you like, were right a very now, curious person yeah like You're into been, what? I, so, i'm into fishing now oh i was like oh okay yeah. Let's get yeah. into that like, real quick. Like, dude, yeah. we're jumping around to all different kind of categories right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but dude, that's why, dude, it's all, it's all about, you know, communication and, you know, it's all about you making these interpersonal um, 
connection, right? So mm. like I'm learning a lot about you and you're learning a lot about me mm-hmm. and all this ties into to life. Because if you're doing the same thing over and over, if you're talking to the same person over and over, like it gets stale a little bit. So I yeah. translate that into like all these different hobbies that I have. So yeah, now I'm currently into fishing. Um, I got into fishing because I saw this YouTuber who like cooks what he eats. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to try. Oh, this. that's so, interesting. Yeah. So I, I've been trying that. I only caught one fish this whole time. So <laughs> hopefully I could get a, a good good run soon. Yeah. I all, So many people, I I, I feel like, te- is this a tech thing? Like, I feel like a lot of them fish. Uh, I've been invited to no, go I fishing. I only know one person that fish. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's so many people in my old work that used to fish and they were like, yo, you want to go? Like, we're about to go like fishing or clamming or whatever. I'm like, nah, I'm good. The outside world. I don't know if I really like it. I think I'm going to stay inside <laughs> right now and just code. Um, I'm good. You guys go. Um, but that's you, super interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. You, no, I was going to say, you know, it's weird. Like I became more of an outside person, outdoor person after I got burnt out. So mm. yeah, and we're going to be, we're going to be jumping again. So mm-hmm. Prior to me working at LinkedIn, I've never traveled outside the country. Really? I, other than Mexico, because we're uh, I went to like a cruise ship uh-huh. um, when I was uh, really, really young. We went to uh, the cruise ship, took us to Mexico. But prior to, to me getting burnt out at LinkedIn, I did not, I did not travel. And then um, after a year, I went on a solo backpacking trip in Europe by myself for 14 days and I touched down six different countries. And then I just got the travel bug after that. After Europe, I went to Asia. After Asia, I went to, um, uh, shoot, this sounds really bad because I don't know what continent it is. So I'm just going to say the country. I went to like New Zealand. I've been to yeah. all these all these other, other countries. And um, I just became in love with like, you know, traveling and becoming more outdoorsy. Yeah, um, that's nuts. I got I into like that. camping and things mm-hmm. like that. So even now, one of the reasons why I'm into fishing is not only because I saw that YouTuber, but um, I, I, I want to get out of kind of the digital world. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really, really weird. Like when I'm out fishing, it's just like me, the ocean, my fishing pole, and I'm trying to catch a fish to eat. This is mm-hmm. like what my ancestors, you know, did. Dude, so it kind of for takes, real. Takes me back to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's but crazy. It, I, yeah, no, 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 for real. And I, I, I feel that. And I think that's super important too, is that, you know, we get as developers, our life is digital. You know, we, mm-hmm. it revolves around digital, revolves around, um, you know, sitting down and, putting in work on the computer. Um, so I can understand and see why, you know, someone like yourself or anybody really who's heavily invested into development is is itching to get out. Um, not necessarily out of their job, but out of the digital realm and just, you know, be out for once. So I can see that. Yeah. I have the travel bug too. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't travel. We were, I was supposed to go to yeah, Japan. <laughs> Um, in March. Oh man! Or March, oh, end dang. of March. Yeah, end of March, beginning of April. I was supposed to head to Japan, and I've never been. Oh, but man. you know, COVID yeah. happened, so couldn't go there. Yeah. But you know, I used I traveled with my friends to Thailand uh, the year prior right. in 2018, and you know, ever since then, I was like, "Yo, we gotta we gotta hit places. Like this is yeah. fun. 
I love that. And I think back to your point, being so stuck in the digital realm, helping people with computers and things like that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I got to get away, man. Like, I I got to go like a couple weeks where I don't see a computer right now because otherwise I'll lose my shit. Um, No, dude, for sure. Yeah. So it's it's so key. And I think that just loops back right into mental health is that, um, you know, you got to find ways to stay happy. You have to find ways to stimulate yourself um, in positive ways. And, you know, sometimes when you hit burnout, which you eventually will, um, mm-hmm. we hope not, but unfortunately, it's just a natural feeling and natural, you know, event that occurs in our lives. You need to yeah. find those things for Rich. It's jujitsu, fishing right now, um, <laughs> uh, traveling, you know, for me, it's gym all the time. Um, you know, yeah. physical activity is something that I treasure a lot. And if I, if that gets taken away from me, I don't know what I would do with myself. Yeah, like, man, that the, that'd be so tough, dude. Like, uh, I couldn't, I can't <laughs> even fathom, like not picking up a barbell. Like to me, yeah. that's pretty crazy. I, I don't know if I w- I would continue life. I'd be like, nah, I'm done. Just how are you working out right now? Do, is your gym open, or you just do all home workouts? So the interesting and fun part about that is, I I'm a coach at our gym. Um, oh nice yeah so i i help coach out there and you know once covid happened i had a key so you know um whenever time i i had time i would you know uh hike over there open the gym up and just put a workout in um towards the middle maybe early parts of the shelter in place order we rented out a lot of our gear to our members so that they could still work out at home because we were doing the whole zoom workout stuff and and all that um so people had uh equipment to work out with if they didn't we had versions that didn't require equipment um so that was cool so i still had things to work out in that weren't taken so i had boxes for box jumps we still had the rig there for pull-ups um i had my own barbell so i brought it to the gym and used whatever weights we had we had some dumbbells um so it was a lot of body weight stuff but yeah i through quarantine and still am uh, where I just use my key to get into the gym and work out whenever I can. Dang, that's dope. Do you follow any diets? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Okay. That's the interesting part. So in in earlier 2019, I really wanted to dial in on my diet. Mm. And, um, so first I tried keto. (laughs) Uh, I was super interested in it and I was like, okay, I'll just give it a shot for a month. So did that and I saw crazy effects. Like I lost so much weight and I got so cut. So I was like, uh, okay. Um, it's not sustainable for longer than maybe a month or two. Um, cause those, that tip diet was typically made for like diabetic children or something like that. Um, or no children or people who are prone to epilepsy, I believe. Mm, Um, So I was like, okay, I can't sustain this, but you know, a month I, I cut off a lot. So let me try paleo. And I was like, okay. Um, I think the thing for me is the cool thing about switching these diets was what it allowed me to figure out what foods I can and cannot have and what I react heavily to. And that was a lot of carbs um, in general. So right now I just follow a very, very low carb diet. And, um, but that's not to say I cut them out completely. I still use them, but I time it. So um, Mm -hmm. right now the only real things I have is like chicken and rice cauliflower or some sort of vegetable. Um, 
And then after workouts, like the, the meal following workouts, I never have them before because otherwise I just like, I'll literally puke. Um, mm. I'll have something with carbs. So right now it's just cereal. <laughs> I, oh, I make wow. a protein shake and then I pour it over cereal and I just have that um, as my carb source. And then that'll be it for the day in terms of carbs typically. And then for dinner, I'll have again, you know, I, I'm the nice thing also is that I'm not a picky eater and I, mm-hmm. I can eat the same thing forever. So yeah. yeah, I can have chicken and rice cauliflower all the time and I'm okay with that. So that's kind of the diet I've been following. Nice, man. This podcast turned into a, a coding, <laughs> financial, fishing, yeah. you know, workout podcast. Dude, we've covered a lot of topics in this podcast. Yeah, dude, it was dope. But dude, I've been fasting for like almost 18 hours now. So I think we could go ahead and uh, cut it. But dude, I appreciate yeah. you know you speaking with me and me being on your podcast, man. It was super fun. Dude, yeah, I'm happy to bring you on, dude. As soon as, you know, we connected and and bonded in the you know we same background i was like dude i gotta have this guy on like we gotta talk um but yeah dude go ahead same no i was just gonna say same man once i I listened to the podcast with you and chris and then i looked up your guys's linkedin profiles like oh this dude is from central computer so it's around my hood Mm -hmm. I'm i'm gonna reach out to him yeah for sure and i'm happy you did dude like once i saw your comment i was pumped um whoever was with me that day was like yo i found someone who used to work with like same company dude i'm so (laughs) pumped um but yeah Yeah, this is such a good podcast um if you guys who are listening made it this far thank you um i will put rich's social media and all that stuff every podcast um that he does go check it out like hit him up cool dude um he's awesome and um, if you guys want to support the podcast as well, you guys don't have to. There all, will also be a link in the show notes to um, go on Anchor and become a monthly supporter. Again, you don't have to, but it does definitely help me out. Um, any closing thoughts, Rich, for the viewers no, or I just, anyone? I just want to say thank you. Um, so happy to be here. Keep believing in yourself. Uh, reach out to me if you have any questions about finance or engineering or if you're in the Bay Area, if you just want to go fishing, just hit me up, man. That's <laughs> my current thing right now. Or if you want to like learn how to choke someone, hit up my jiu-jitsu gym. I go to two gyms right now. One is called BAME, loca- located in Fremont. And then I go to another one uh, in Pacifica called Motion. So if you guys just want to roll around, learn how to take someone down, choke them, hit up those places sick all right well thank you guys for listening to episode three of the chow coach podcast and uh we'll see you guys on the next one peace